There aren't many faces people are excited to see first thing in the morning before they've even had their coffee. But the McDonald's drive through workers who take your order on the way to work have almost all of those faces. Because nothing brings more joy in the morning than a 99 cents any size iced coffee. Pair it with a glazed full apart donut for a truly great morning. Prices and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Only available until 11 a.m. Hi, everyone, and welcome to the WIM Podcast. Women in Influencer Marketing, or WIM for short, is a first-of-its-kind exclusive networking group made up of inspirational women. This podcast is where we explore influencer marketing, advertising trends, and get real about women in business. Our mission is to network, to foster leaders within this exciting industry, and to share information to make our work stronger. That's where this podcast comes in. We'll bring you fresh perspectives on timely topics facing the industry from expert voices in the space. Find us wherever you download podcasts. And of course, you can always find us at IamWim.com. That's IamWim.com. What is up, everybody? I am so excited and pumped. It's a new week. I don't know. It's like the middle of February. I don't know why I'm so excited, but I genuinely am. I think it's because partially we're launching a lot of new things with Wim. We'll be announcing that sometime soon. Um, but in addition, we are doing so much on Clubhouse, y'all. So we did an entire episode on what is Clubhouse, and I feel like I should probably update that. But um, we are utilizing it so much and finding so much success on there. And success to us just means reaching new people, making connections, um, really educating people and having like really thought-provoking discussions about influencer marketing, social media, technology, all sorts of stuff. So um, if you are not on Clubhouse yet, we have lots of invitations. Just DM us on Instagram. We're at IamWim, W-I-I-M on there. We're happy to give you an invite because we want you at the party. We're having so many rooms. Um, Check out our website, IamWim.com slash events. And we're listing all of our upcoming events on there, of course, but even our clubhouse events because we want sort of one centralized place where you can see everything that we're up to, ways to get involved, tons of different topics happening. And, you know, our platform is your platform. You know, it's it's a place that we can give you a speaker spot, a panel spot, a way to have your voice amplified. Come into the audience and just listen if you like, but definitely raise your hand on a clubhouse stage and bring yourself up. We want to hear what you have to say. Um, that's really, truly the reason why we're doing them. Um, we do have an incredible panel this week that is being hosted on Zoom. This is part of our masterclass series. So all of those events are completely free for members. This one is all about the power of female-led negotiations. And you heard me right, the power and we've got three incredible women who are all part of the panel. So we hope to have you join us. If you are a member also, keep in mind that you get full access to all of our past events as well. All those replays are basically we have a whole library full. So if you ever miss an event, because we know you are busy, busy, um, you could just tune in on your own time. Check it out. Enjoy it. They're all educational, inspirational, like all the good feels. 
I've always said, if I could be living my life the way that I want, I will be learning forever. So I love this shit. I hope you guys do too. And um, tell me how you're enjoying Clubhouse because we're going pretty deep in Clubhouse. We're really investing there because it's it seems so synergistic with everything that we're doing. So we're hosting rooms pretty regularly, finding cool rooms on there, but also finding spaces where the topic of discussion about influencers seems a little played out. So we're trying to keep it fresh on there and do something different. But tell me how you're enjoying it. Are you on there? Are you in social media influencer rooms? Are you on there talking about other stuff? What do you want? What do you not want? Um, send us uh, send us a DM on Instagram um, because, of course, Clubhouse doesn't have DMs yet. You can always follow us though on Clubhouse. We're just at Wim there, W-I-I-M. Also, we recorded this episode live on Clubhouse, which you'll hear. So that was pretty cool. People got to tune in and actually hear it recorded live in real time, be able to ask questions after. So just another reason why Clubhouse has been so fun. But um, DM us and let us know your thoughts. We're also doing fun stuff in our stories all the time. So we just want to hear from you guys more often. And um, anyways, without further ado, this is such a good episode. Um, Say Young works at Captivate. She's a really incredible woman. You should definitely connect with her and um, enjoy this week's episode all. I hope you're doing well and staying healthy. An entrepreneur at heart, Say Young loves to build teams, offerings, and partnerships. Over the last nine years, she's worked across the social spectrum of paid, owned, and earned to build social first brands with dozens of clients. At Horizon Media, Say Young developed and led the agency's first in-house influencer marketing practice. She spearheaded partnerships across data providers, talent groups, and production that led to award-winning campaigns such as Think LA's Best Influencer Campaign and a Shorty Award for Best Automotive Branded Campaign. Say Young has been recognized by Synopsys as an honoree of their Digital It List Award. Her hunger for new challenges does not end at building meaningful systems. Say Young has an insatiable appetite, and if she were an influencer, she would start a mukbang channel where she can give career advice while eating massive amounts of carbs. Welcome to the podcast, Say Young. All right, everyone. So for those tuning in on Clubhouse, welcome. We are going to have a fun like 30, 45 minutes or so of chit-chatting um, with Say of Captivate. So um, for those tuning in on Clubhouse, we do sort of behind the scenes peaks of us recording podcast episodes every so often, but we also have some fun content on here regularly. Um, Say, I am so excited to have you on today. I've been like following your professional journey now for a few years and um, you've just been such a great player in the influencer space. And I think it's so cool that you're now with Captivate, who's doing such great stuff. So I'm super excited to just like dig into a fun conversation with you. But first and foremost, thank you for joining today. Of course. Let's do it. Tell all style on all things influencer marketing. Uh, Amazing. So first and foremost, tell us a little bit in your own words, just about your professional journey and how you got to influencer marketing. Absolutely. It has not been a straightforward path. It's been a lot of left and right. Um, But uh, over the past decade, I have been working across the social spectrum of 
paid, owned, earned to, to build some social first brands with, with folks such as Playboy, J Brand Jeans, um, Zycam, Jack in the Box, you name it. It's, it's all over the board. Um, I started in kind of community management. And that was back when brands were asking us, should we even have a Facebook page? Is this worth it? <laughs> Which is amazing. Um, because now, as we've seen, the industry's just developed and uh, social media no longer outsourced. It, it's been brought right in hand. It is a crucial part of marketers channel mix. And through that, it's just expanded in my journey um, where I ended up most recently. Um, I was working uh, with Horizon Media, developing and leading their their in-house influencer marketing practice, spearheading partnerships across data providers, talent groups, and production, um, and getting to work on some really amazing award-winning campaigns. And, and that is actually how I got to know Captivate um, and saw kind of how they were leading the industry as it relates to kind of the most trusted data and how they were evolving their platform for marketers' needs. Really impressed me, stood out. Um, and it's been an incredible journey to get to here where I am leading their, their head of strategic partnerships for Captivate um, and getting to work with some, some incredible clients. So honestly, I have so much respect for your journey. And it's just so cool to hear like where you've come from and where you are now. But I want our listeners to get to know you a little bit better. So I have some rapid fire questions for you. Oh boy. So everyone can get to know you personally a little bit more. We've been doing these on the show. They're super fun. Are you ready? I am ready. Amazing. Okay. Don't think about these too much. Just whatever comes first to your mind. Um, Well, this is very appropriate. What's your favorite food? Oh my gosh. Uh, Kimchi fried rice. Yes. <laughs> What's your favorite vacation spot? Ooh, that's so hard. Anywhere with a beach and a cocktail. <laughs> What's uh, your favorite social media platform? Instagram. Favorite color? Oh, in true influencer fashion, I'm a sucker for beige. <laughs> What's the- those neutral aesthetics? <laughs> I mean, it, they're so calming though. I totally get it. And they're beautiful and calming <laughs> at the same time. What, what is the best age to be? Oh, gosh, I feel like that is so, it depends for everybody, but I will say, I think the, th- my thirties has been, it's been amazing. Yes. And lastly, what's the best part of your job? The best part of my job is being able to make a real impact, to, to, to be a contribute to the larger direction um, and vision of this company. That's my favorite part. I love it. So years ago, I took a demo of your product, you know this, and I thought so highly of it. And then recently I got a refresher. I am equally as impressed. I think it's so cool what you guys have built and just how it's truly supporting all the great work that people are doing. If you were to sum it up (laughs) into the three best features, the most compelling features of Captivate, what would you say those are? Well, first and foremost, what a, what a great endorsement, Jesse. We're, we're going to ask for a quote and put you on the website. Um, it's, I'm so excited to kind of hear that feedback. That's been crucial to the development of our product. Um, I would say, you know, our 
customers are the biggest driving force of our product roadmap and journey for development because we get so much rich feedback on on what marketers needs are. Um, my three favorite features that I think really stand out to me, I, I am also equally geek about data. Um, the competitive and social insights, I think, is really unique and different. Um, so it really goes beyond just finding the right influencer and, of course, providing that data there, but also why are we even doing this? What are the meaningful white spaces that we can beat out comp competitors? So tracking competitors, uh, what they might be doing with influencers, uncovering their influencer campaigns, and then organizing it all into a benchmarking report so you can finally contextualize okay, I did this campaign and how does that stack up against the other people that, um, that I'm comparing myself to? I think that's some really meaningful insights that lead to better decision-making um, around why influencers. So that's the first one. The second favorite feature is, I, I really think the creator insights. At the end of the day, you know, I, all the platforms are providing amazing data at this point, you know, direct from, APIs and platforms. Um, the pieces that I think are really unique to Captivate is first and foremost, our, our first party data. So really actually gathering the insights from creators themselves. When they authenticate into our platform, there's the ability for advertisers to post kind of custom surveys where they can ask creators, what are, what are your food preferences? Um, are you comfortable featuring your kids in content? Those, those nuanced questions that aren't gonna show up from an audience demographic, you know, age and gender breakout. Um, and it really goes beyond to with brand safety. Uh, so actually giving marketers an easy score uh, to assess risk, um, audience quality as well. We actually break down of their uh, any given influencers following. Um, are they mass followers? Does it look spammy? Are they conducting in spam activity to kind of give marketers a sense of the engagement quality they can expect from creators? Um, and then the brand affinity piece. Uh, you can quickly understand and see on a creator's profile what brands they are mentioning organically or in a sponsored fashion. You can quickly click on those brands, see how many times they've mentioned that brand and see the content. And I think that's been really powerful for folks to uncover um, organic brand ambassadors and that might be talking about their brand and they didn't even know it. Um, so it's actually trolling not just the content itself, uh, but bios, captions, imagery, um, and that's been pretty powerful. Um, last but not least, the payment of influencers. It sounds tactical, but it's a it's a real it's a real challenge for folks to meet the demands. These influencers are expecting payments, you know, net fifteen, and they got bills to pay and things to do. And these large enterprise brands that don't have that kind of uh, cash flow turnaround from their clients need flexible options. And, and what a shame to, to miss out on talent because, you know, the billing structure wasn't right. So being able to pay influencers directly from our platform, whether in a finance fashion or upfront, I think providing that flexibility, I've, we've seen an incredible response from, from clients. Well, I can imagine why, because it's one of the biggest pain points that people experience on all sides of the equation. So, you know, from the brand perspective, everything you just mentioned, and then from the influencers perspective, they're like, it's crazy because it, it's only because of them that we have influencer marketing yet from a payment perspective, it almost feels as if they're the lowest person on the totem pole. Right. <laughs> um, and, and that's crazy, but you mentioned about financing. Can you talk a little bit more about that? That's unique. 
Yeah. So we work with a partner called Topalti where we're actually able to finance campaigns on behalf of advertisers. So let's say you've, you are launching a 200K campaign. You know your client is going to pay you, but you have kind of nuanced payment terms with that client. And you got to turn this around fast. You got to get content up in two weeks or less. Um, so there is an option where actually we will finance that on your behalf pay those creators, be responsible and liable for those payments and make sure they go out on time. You get your content and then you guys can pay us back uh, when the cash comes in from a client. Well, what a helpful hand that is. <laughs> um, but I, I, I've heard of a couple people doing this. I just think it's incredible that you guys are getting behind something like that because all that it sort of communicates to me is, you know, that, that you're really truly here to support. I mean, you guys are technically the ones taking on the risk of that in a, mm -hmm. in a, in a sense. And like, you wouldn't do it if you didn't like believe in, you know, Hey, we're set up to be able to support this. We're willing to do that. Um, because we want to improve the whole ecosystem. So I, I think that's so cool. I, I, I this is a, a request or, and an ask that we get all the time in whim, which is we have influencer marketers or managers, or, you know, people who touch influencer marketing from all different directions who come to us and they're like, I have gotten to the point that I've scaled my business and I know that I need support and we work in technology y'all like we work in technology and there should be more tools to support the work that we're doing. However, it can feel overwhelming with all of the different tools that are out there. Um, who do I use and who fits my, my scenario, my budget supports what I do, et cetera, et cetera. I think that there are, with all the tools out there, not every tool is right for everybody. And, you know, each tool sort of has its own uh, focus and thing that it does best. So it's great to hear what your, what you would identify as like your three best features. Mm -hmm. How is Captivate different? Like, how do you guys really sort of um, stand out amongst other competitors that you guys have? And is there any sort of like, um, specific thing that you guys are most proud of that makes you different or unique? Yeah, absolutely. I think really our competitive advantage is, I mean, we call it platform powered, expert enabled. And, and the truth is at the end of the day, we built a tool for us. So we both run campaigns from a managed service camp capacity, soup to nuts. And through that process, we went through the same experience you're describing, Jesse okay, how do we scale this? How do we make this viable? Uh, how do I do this without just putting my, like losing blood, sweat and tears here? Um, and we built a tool for us. So it, the product is, a, uh, is the result of real world campaign experience, but also kind of the data science and insights that help scale those decision-making, those many decisions that go into running a campaign. Um, so understanding the nuances of that has been crucial to informing the development of the product. The pain of executing a campaign, um, you know, helped us build something amazing that's helped demystify and harness some of the data science of influencer marketing for others. And ultimately we get it, right? The data can help you to a certain point and, and, at the other end, sometimes it's an art and a science to, to finding the right creator. Um, 
but we definitely think by having kind of experience in both ends of the of the spectrum from technology to a very high touch relationship building business that we kind of understand those needs across the spectrum from from creator to advertiser to agency well, I got to say it's really, it is actually refreshing to hear that because in my experience with a lot of tools that I found, like so many of them are like 90% there. Um, and when there is a little bit missing, it tends to be that there's perhaps been too much focus on the tech and mm-hmm. not rec- and then they don't recognize or incorporate anything about okay, but like, what is the real day-to-day that I need to be able to do my work? Um, and, and, and some of the more practical things aren't necessarily included. So it's super cool to hear that. And it makes perfect sense given even your own professional journey, right? Which is like, you have agency experience, you've worked on the brand side and you're like, no, but like, I've actually mm-hmm done this. And, and I think that it speaks volumes that they're like, no, I want her on our team because she, you bring that perspective and you can speak to that side of it. And so you're not so hyper-focused just in one area. Um, I think that's, that's really great. And like, that just speaks volumes unto itself. Let's talk a little bit more about you. I mean, I, I, I think, again, like I followed your professional journey for a while and I'm just really impressed with everything that you've achieved. In your own opinion, what's your proudest professional achievement? This is such a great question. Um, I, you know, and I, I've been thinking a little bit about it and I actually, I think my proudest professional achievement has been figuring out what kind of leader I want to be. Uh, I know that's not, you know, it's not a, it's not an award or a particular campaign, um, but it's been a byproduct of a lot of trial and error. Uh, shout out to all the team members that I've worked with who might have dealt with it, but, um, you know, to me, this is so important, and I'm uncompromising about what it means to care for a team, foster growth, and I think that journey is just a million times more important to me than the bottom line personally. And being able to put people first, um, I think has actually resulted in better work, better fulfillment, better retention. Um, and I'm, I'm really proud of, of that person I, I hope I am becoming um, and wanting to pass that on to, to the next generation of, of women in influencer marketing. Mm, I love that answer. Talk to me more about, you know, you mentioned that it's fulfilling to you. I mean, talk about what that journey has been like and and how it's felt fulfilling. Yeah. I mean, I think when when we can all take a step back and take stock of our own personal growth, uh, when we can acknowledge our weaknesses and and then not really, it's not about perfection. It's, it's about progress, right? But how have you changed? How are you benchmarking that success? I mean, that's the kind of, you know, I think thing that is, can be fulfilling for yourself, but also when you see that in others, um, when you see that somebody has come into your company or on your team and started in one place and struggled and outlined goals and in three years, is able to recognize that they themselves have have done it for themselves and made those changes. I, I think that's kind of what we're we're all doing it for, um, and is so much more satisfying to me than than kind of the day to day, you know, operations and decision making. It, it's the people and it's the growth, and and that's been 
what I, when I reflect on my favorite days of work, it's, it's been about those people and seeing their success. Do you consider yourself more of an extrovert or an introvert? Oh my God, this is amazing. This is a, such a great question. Um, I actually always score right in between. I would actually consider myself an ambivert. Um, I can, I love presenting to clients, being in front of a room. Um, but at the end of the day, I find social, you know, activities draining and I love being by myself and quiet working time. Uh, (laughs) so the pandemic has been very kind to me. I love that. I mean, I find that super interesting and I'm looking forward to everyone listening, getting to know you better Um, because it's interesting because what I hear you say is like, I want to be a great leader and, and to be a leader means that you're comfortable with others and, 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 and all of that. Um, And I can definitely hear that in you and that, you know, you absolutely would make a good leader, but a good leader is so subjective, right? Because what I, my opinion of a great leader is somebody who, um, who is like yourself, who's humble enough to say like, I don't know everything I want. This is a journey for me too. Um, and it's not just saying, you know, do what I say because I know better. Um, but it's somebody that you could really feel connected to somebody that could inspire you, um, and inspiration, um, or influence, um, really comes from that sense of connectedness. Um, but, as you said, you're also simultaneously someone who appreciates some quiet time to yourself and being able to focus. And, and I'm right there with you, man. Like the, you know, where I, I used to love working from home pre pandemic. So now that I'm working from home and being able to focus on my work, like it's great for people like us. So what does that balance look like for you? Are there days when, when you struggle with being a leader or is that a part of you that you're excited to, to tap into all the time? You made so many good points in there, Jesse. You're right. Right. When you think about influencers and what makes them influential in so many ways, it's, it's, yes, it is the aspirationalness, right. Some, someone to look up to, but it's also, in, in equal order, the relatability. And I think similarly, as a leader, I personally believe in some radical candor, uh, transparency. I'm not a huge believer in keeping information in silos. I think, you know, if we invite people in and we share our experiences and we say, this is what I'm struggling with today, guys, here's what I'm showing up with, they will also return that. Um, and, and to me, it's, it's netted out and resulted in, you know, better work, better relationships. Um, so you asked work-life balance, oh, the, the, the ultimate, how do I, uh, you know, how do I struggle? There are there days that I struggle with, with that leadership piece. Yeah. Transparently, of course, I struggle all the time in thinking about a, am I spending my time in the right ways? It can be really easy for me to get down into the weeds and want to go through the tactical details instead of staying up above, uh, where I can make the biggest impact. Um, I think also, you know, dealing with people and managing people while it is the most rewarding part of the job, it is the hardest part of the job because everyone is so different. Everyone has different work styles. Um, being empathetic and, and understanding other people's perspectives is, 
is not easy. It takes time. Um, it's like a muscle that you you have to exercise like anything else. And so, you know, that's something that I'm constantly working on as well. And just making sure I'm being open-minded to everything, um, showing up with kind of that growth mindset and willingness to change my position. Um, well, I, yeah. love that, I love that you say it's a muscle. I mean, because it is like some people may think that like, oh, well, you're either empathetic or you're not. I, I just think that that's such a like closed minded way of thinking about it. It's like, sure, you're probably empathetic to like family, and, you know, when close friends, but these are coworkers and these relationships are unique. And maybe this person started last week and you don't even know them, you know? So I, I, I think that that's so, um, that's so insightful to just, it's something you have to practice just like anything else and get better at and, and learn maybe the right questions to ask or, or, you know, have that experience under your belt to know that, um, that there are times when, um, empathy really helps you understand more, um, about that person. What advice would you give to others who would love to follow in your footsteps. They want to, you know, they want to be, they want to lead a team. Perhaps they want to, you know, be successful in influencer marketing and you have, you know, years under your belt of doing this. Um, what do you, what do you, what would you tell someone maybe a, a little earlier on in their career that maybe you wish you knew? <laughs> yeah. Um, my advice would be if you are starting out in your career, uh, pursue feedback fearlessly, run towards your weaknesses, put as much energy into proving, improving yourself as you do your clients and work and be relentless in your pursuit for feedback. Um, talking about muscles, right? Uh, networking as a, the, the introvert side of me finds that so challenging, but it's been about finding the right spaces like whim. Um, and even though it's not natural to me, that's all the more reason I have to, to keep trying, keep working at it and put myself in the, put myself in those situations. So, you know, that would be one piece of advice I would I'd give to folks, you know, don't be afraid to ask your managers for feedback every step of the way. And if you've, been around the block a few times, my, my advice would also be, you know, just to mentor someone, take the time to pass it on. It gives you perspective and meaning, and it reminds you of how far you've come. And we are all, you know, I, I definitely men and women that have contributed to my career and kind of mentorship and believing in me and taking some extra time with me has made all the difference. And so, you know, I really want to encourage, um, you know, especially women to, to support others and, and provide that mentorship. It's worth it. Oh my gosh. It's so worth it. And for the women who are mentors of whim, I mean, we hear feedback on all sides of it, which is how rewarding it, it is to have access to these women that, um, that you look up to. And then also on the mentor side, you know, to say like, oh my gosh, like it was equally, I learned so much as well. And I, I, it was so rewarding to give back and, and it, it 
it's to what you were saying earlier, it gives you that feeling of fulfillment and really paying it forward. And, you know, look, we are a heavily female dominated industry. And so I think how incredible it is to really lean into things like mentorship in particular, because historically women didn't necessarily support each other as much as they do today. And we still have a long way to go. Um, So I love that you mentioned that because if you're in a position to be able to do it or you're involved in an organization like WIM or any other organization that has mentorship, it's just, it's, it's an experience unlike any other. Um, and so it's so cool to hear you say that. I love that so much. We've learned so much about your professional journey and, you know, the great work that you've done besides influencer marketing. What do you like to do for fun? What do you enjoy? I enjoy all things food, the making of it, the eating of it, the growing of it. (laughs) Uh, I just have probably a very abnormal (laughs) appetite. And I would say, you know, I love this question in interviews. I always ask folks, um, if you were an influencer, what would you do? What would be your, your channel, your topic, your theme? And my answer is that I would definitely be a mukbang uh, mukbanger on YouTube where I could give real talk advice on relationships, career, and everything in between while eating a boatload of carbs. Wait, that's hilarious. I love that answer. (laughs) I love that answer so much. Wait, do you actually grow and make your own food? Well, I mean, uh, amateur gardening, of course, and this is very much a pandemic, uh, activity. I, I did not have the time to do this before when I was commuting two hours a day. Um, but it is so satisfying to see and grow your own food. Um, so yes, this has been a new activity that I've embarked upon this last year. I love it. But like, talk about something that, you know, the pandemic brought that was good. (laughs) So it's worth it's worth mentioning. That's so cool. Um, And so, um, so are there others? Are there other accounts, I should say that you that inspire you in terms of like incredible feeds curated of like delicious food? Who do you like to follow in that space? I love following chefs and seeing kind of their life. Um, Obviously, there's some really exciting and amazing uh, female restaurant owners that I think are inspiring. Um, I'm seeing so much love and support for women. There's um, an organization called Regarding Her right now that's doing a lot of promotion and support for for women who are disproportionately impacted um, as restaurant owners. And um, let's see, what other social channels do I love to follow? To be honest, a, a big new goal for myself this year, um, which I would encourage for anyone, has been to sort of purge my feed of anything that doesn't make me feel good. So <laughs> quite frankly, you know, um, you know, body positivity, encouraging statements as opposed to kind of sometimes, uh, not, not to, you know, of course, I'm a sucker for the funny memes uh, as much as anyone, but I really am trying to infuse my feed with a little bit more positivity just to keep things, um, that perspective. And, and so seeing accounts like Phenomenal um, or even you know the, those that are on the forefront of the BLM movement, trying to make sure there's diversity in my feed, that's been a big focus as well right now. I mean, it's hard though, when you work in this industry to, you know, cause you're like mixing business with pleasure. Like you're on social media all day long for work. So I, I totally hear you in that. Like 
your feed isn't even necessarily your own sometimes because I'm sure you're yeah. following people for work and you've done so for years. Like, do you, is there a social channel or um, a handle on a social channel that you tend to keep a little bit more personal into your own likes? You know what? I totally had this transition where my Instagram became a work feed, right? And it was just influencer after influencer after influencer, which there's no problem with. That's fantastic. But it became hard to disconnect uh, personal from work life. And um, I never really, back in the day, was sort of like, why do people have private Instagrams? What's the point if you're going to be private? And I actually totally, through my older age, have <laughs> decided to do the same. Um, I've gone private. I've curated it to be more personal. I did create kind of a separate account for for work because Sometimes you, that's the best way to keep tabs on, on what's going on is just being involved, et cetera. But yeah, I, I am. I'm creating kind of separate spaces for myself within channels. Um, and I would say Pinterest is still a, a very personal place of inspiration, whereas Twitter, LinkedIn, much more industry focused. I love that though. That's so cool to hear. Um, we had someone on the podcast the other day that w- their prediction was that Pinterest is going to be like, have a, have a glow up this year. Um, and I was like, oh, that's so interesting. I don't really think about Pinterest that often, but like, like what you're saying, it can totally be a personal place of your hobbies. Like if you're really into food or whatever, I'm sure you can pin a bunch of stuff to any hobby that you're into. Um, so Pinterest, that's a really good suggestion. And oh my gosh, if anyone listening is feeling what you've felt, which I know I felt it, which is like social media can feel a little bit overwhelming when you're working in social media as well. Like absolutely make a personal account for yourself and keep it separate. Keep it even on private if you want. I totally have a personal account that's on private as well. So like respect to that. And, you know, there's so much to say about like mental health and social media. And like, again, like if you work in it, it's just amplified times a million, you know? Um, and so really curating a feed that makes you feel good and healthy and positive, especially with the, with the climate of, you know, 2020, 2021, um, good for you for, for doing that for yourself. It's, it's everyone should do that. So, um, I would also, I don't know if anyone out there does this, um, a digital detox or digital Sabbath for those in our space the the incredible thing that happens when you lock your phone up and put it away for 24 hours i swear you will have just interesting conversations with those in your household you will have a different perspective i think it's so cleansing and you know another just great tip for you know cultivating that personal space and striving for that work life balance and the, and there needs to be a work life balance like Look, if it's it's a balance, right? So it's equally for your personal welfare and also to be the best that you can be in your work. Um, if you like, if you for the the detoxes that you've done on social media, like, are they twenty four hours? Is it a whole weekend? Like, what do you think is realistic, and what have you done personally? Oh my gosh, I. <laughs> the idea of a full weekend is a little scary. Um, I think my max is 24 hours, pretty much. Um, but I will turn it off and I will put it in a drawer. Um, if I'm on vacation or something like that, I will do that as well. Um, 
and you know, I usually give my family a heads up or something. Hey, like I'm going off the grid for 24 hours. (laughs) And, and that's probably my, my personal limit on that. But for those that are doing it for the full weekend, I want to hear tips. I want to know how, and if it makes a big difference. Yeah. Well, I, (laughs) I love that you're real about that (laughs) because 24 hours is a lot even to itself. Right? Yes. I, you know, look every week how Apple now gives you your screen time estimates. It's not even an estimate. It's like actually your screen time (laughs) on your phone. I mean, the amount of hours that it's telling me on a week to week basis where it's like six, seven hours, I'm just like, like, that's a lot. That's a lot. How is that even possible? But, you know, so to just be like, just to be mindful of it, but like, don't put so much pressure on yourself. Like, don't say like, all right, I'm going to go a whole weekend and like start from zero to a hundred, you know, start with a, start with an afternoon <laughs> and go f- build from there. <laughs> right. Like, let's yeah. be real too. look, it's been such a pleasure having you on today. We ask this of everyone who comes on. What do you wish someone had told your younger self that would have given you a professional or a personal advantage today? Embrace mistakes. They don't define you. And in fact, they are a really good barometer to ensure you're in a growth environment where you're challenged and growing. Um, That and take the time to develop relationships up, down, and side to side never just focus on one direction. Um, it is absolutely worth it. That's we're going to just like, leave it there. That's huge. I love, I love that so much. I have a feeling that, uh, everyone listening is absolutely going to want to find you and reach out and learn more, whether it's a chat about social media or recipes or gardens. (laughs) So, um, what's the best way for our listeners to reach out? You can absolutely follow me on LinkedIn. Um, I'm under Say Young Cho, um, or you can follow me on Twitter as well. Amazing. Say, it's been such a pleasure having you on. We're super grateful that you took the time to chat with us. And um, thank you for being such an incredible member of WIM. Thank you, Jesse, for inviting me and holding this safe space and forum. Um, I'm absolutely a, a leader in kind of helping inspire other women from for more mentorship. So thank you. Thank you so much for listening. If you enjoyed this episode, we got to have you back. Check out our website for more ways to get involved, including all the information you need about joining our collective. You can check out all the information at IamWim.com. That's IamWim, double I, dot com. And if you enjoyed this episode, leave us a review, a rating. But the most important thing that we can ask you to do is to share this podcast. See you next week. Thanks for listening. Tune in next week. Tune in next week.